0: This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin.
1: Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big question why bother with God? We're asking this question today to Julianne Laird. Julianne worked for many years on university campuses helping students consider Jesus. She now works as Young Adults Pastor at All Saints Anglican Church in Greensboro also with city to city a church planting and leadership development organisation and also a canon for church planting with the Anglican Diocese in Melbourne. And she joins me now, Julianne, welcome to Bigger Questions. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Feels like I might not have much time to do that when you <laughs> list all my jobs, but yeah. Well,
1: you, you do have a, a lot of jobs. You have, do you have enough days in the week to get them all done?
0: Like it's busy, but it's sort of good in COVID times just to have something to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like you've got plenty to do. Um, but Julianne, you've worked for many years with the university students and yeah. you now work as a young adult's pastor, one of your many jobs. Yeah. But are young people really interested in spiritual things at all?
0: Yeah, like there definitely are some people who are not, but it's always surprising to me how many people are. And right. Yeah, and I sort of thing that actually um there is a real interest a growing interest at the moment in terms of people thinking about well there's got to be something bigger to life than this and i think it's more that people just don't know what to do with that so yeah i definitely think there's a real interest
1: that's great. Well, that's what our topic is today, our big question today. And to kick off bigger questions, we like to ask some smaller questions just to get us thinking. Today, we're talking with Julianne Laird about why we should bother with God. So Julianne, in today's smaller questions, I thought we'd test you on how much you know about bothering with God. Okay, there's two (laughs) questions, both multiple choice. Question one, according to recent research by McCrindle, commissioned by the Center for Public Christianity... What percentage of Australians believe that God exists? Okay, was it A, 17%, B, 37%, C, 57% or D, 77% of Australians think God exists? So what are you going to go with?
0: Well, it's definitely at the higher end. uh, So it could be C or D and I'm leaning towards D but uh, might be C.
1: Well, it's actually B, unfortunately. Really? really? Well, because that—that's actually the percentage who believe that God exists. Because there was actually about forty-five percent who were unsure or thought that God possibly existed. Uh, right. So, so maybe there was a slight, maybe there was a, a categorization um, metric <laughs> there, perhaps that maybe that threw you a little bit. Um, although that uh, answer was actually higher, though, than those who believed in ghosts, which was actually thirty-two percent. So that's oh, really interesting. Gosh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, sorry, but maybe that was a little bit misleading, Julie. I'm sorry <laughs> I was about that. It wasn't including the people who. <laughs> it wasn't including the people who sort of said, "I'm not sure," yeah. or maybe. So, yeah. if you yeah. include that, then it's much. it's definitely yeah, a much, much larger higher. percentage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That. We'll see if we can get you to pass. Question two: <laughs> okay. According to Urban Dictionary, what is a God botherer? Is it a someone who thinks a lot about God? Is it B, an overzealous Christian? Is it C, someone who prays excessively to God? Or D, a person who knocks on your door at an ungodly hour on Sunday morning in an effort to convert you to the worship of his or her faith. <laughs> so according to Urban Dictionary, what is a God-botherer?
0: Interesting. It's probably D... Uh but... it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got one right.
1: We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Why don't we just go with that? It it probably is D because it actually is D. The answer is D. So Julian, there's no <laughs> bothering you. But you got one of our two smaller questions right. You passed, and if we had a live audience here today, they would give you a great round of applause. <laughs> So why should we consider them bothering with God? A minority of Australians believe he exists, although a lot of people are just not sure. Yeah. Uh, and people who do believe he exists are often pejoratively labelled as God-botherers.
0: Mm.
1: So why should we consider this question? Could I
0: ask a question back in that? Well, sure. why, why not?
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people just don't see the relevance of God in yeah. the world today, that he's, he's invisible and he's caused a lot of harm in the world and so maybe
0: yeah.
1: life can just go well without him.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people do think that, although surprisingly when I meet people who don't really believe in God, uh, when I ask why, often it started off with them praying to God when they were little and God didn't answer their prayer and so now they don't believe. Right. And so, yeah, and I, I think that leads down a trajectory to then thinking, okay, I won't believe and what does that look like? I think... We do have a longing for something else or something bigger, and I don't know if you've read much or heard much about C.S. Lewis.
1: So C.S. Lewis, he wrote the uh, the Narnia Chronicles, The yeah. Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, one yeah. of the best-selling uh, children's novels of all time. Yeah. So he 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 wrote he wrote those. Yeah. But yeah. What, how does he help?
0: Yeah, Uh, one of the things that he talks about, he's written um, extensively, Uh, he talks about how there are some things in this world that we just can't get enough of and one of them is our sort of longing and search for beautiful, beautiful things and uh, I think there are some things in this world that we just can't get enough of and I think that points us towards something bigger and potentially I think it's heaven And, yeah, we often have a drab view of the eternal life. But uh, when Jesus was actually here, he did things like when he turned water into wine, uh, the people who drank the wine said it was the best wine they've ever tasted. Mm. And I think we just have this longing for something bigger and better, and we're always striving for that. And Mm. I just think knowing God gives that.
1: You've just talked about something bigger there, but why does it have to be sort of a personal God? Like, what, 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 what is it worth clarifying what we mean by sort of God or this higher power or this something bigger?
0: Well, I think it's easy for Christians actually to work out what God is like because of Jesus. I don't know. Um, there's a video series going around at the moment called The Chosen.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: It's so fascinating to watch because it just uh, depicts the life of Jesus. And he's the sort of guy that if he came into a party, you just go, oh, I want to get to know this guy. There's something that's drawing you to him. And, yeah, I think uh, in terms of what I mean about God, and I think there are lots of descriptions, but that's what I think of. I just think of, wow, this is a person I really want to get to know. And Jesus is sort of the way that you can get to know him
1: right so you said jesus is one of the ways to get to know who god is yeah so given that there's a lot of people who don't believe in god but there's also a lot of people who sort of sit in the middle and not really sure
0: yeah
1: how can you what should those people be thinking or how how can they think about this question
0: yeah i think one of the ways is what he's revealed about himself and Mm. so Like I would say the Bible is a way of getting to know God. I would say that Jesus, him coming, is a way that we get to know God. And I guess if you look at it the other way around, like if if you were God, how would you reveal yourself to ordinary sort of people? Mm. And I think that's a really interesting thought. Okay, if God is trying to reach out to you and he wants you to get to know him, How would he do that? I remember talking to a guy at uni who was just bringing up all these questions against God and I said, well, what would it take for you to believe in God? And he said, well, if if God came down and spoke to me or came to this world and I said, well, he did and people still didn't believe that. So mm. it might not be enough for you. It might be just you've decided, I don't want to believe. And if God did yeah. come to you and and introduce himself to you, would you believe anyway?
1: Hmm. And you say that that's, that's where he comes down in the person of Jesus. That's Jesus has come down as yeah. God in that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So you've spoken with, you've just mentioned some of the people now, but you have spoken with lots of people about God, particularly young people Uh, And the question of God doesn't seem to disappear, even though there is a a rising tide of secularism in our country. So what do you think makes people contemplate this big question?
0: Yeah, well, I think when people actually take a bit of a moment to think about, well, what is the point to life? Um, And I think I would say people have a gut feeling, like when you're on a plane or if you're looking out over a mountain, you just realise how small and insignificant we are as human beings. Mm. And so where did where did we come from, I guess? And in fact, I remember hearing um, at the Worldwide Atheist Conference held in Melbourne, and they said that if you're looking out over a landscape and you have this feeling that there's something bigger, just squash it. <laughs> and right. I just went, oh, that's a bit sad in terms of, actually, I think we do have that innate sort of thing. And and we do, we long for things like a bigger purpose and meaning and we need hope. And yeah, I just think knowing God, um, makes sense, I guess. And, Hmm. and yeah, there's something really awesome about knowing God in that someone who's there all the time. I I actually think it's quite beautiful.
1: You just mentioned the, the question of meaning there, but many non-believers can find meaning. I mean, there was a book published uh, called A Better Life where a 100 atheists wrote and shared about the joy and meaning that they have experienced without God. Mm. So can't you find meaning without God?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think you can definitely find meaning. And there are some great things to really enjoy in our life, like my family. I love my family most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but i but you need meaning outside of that surely because otherwise i'd smother my children which they would not love at all or travel for instance i love travel but i surely you want meaning outside of that and i think lockdown's taught us that man what, what do we do with life without travel and i think we have lots of things that we can enjoy and that do provide us meaning but I, I just think it keeps on pointing you outwards in terms of that can't be your only focus.
1: So what else do people say? When you so when, when you talk to lots of young people about contemplating the big questions, what other uh, yearnings do you think that people then have or face? Well, I think
0: um, they've watched the generations ahead of them put their life and effort into work, into being successful, and they still see like their parents not that happy, um, and I think a lot of young people realised actually these aren't the things anymore that you tick the boxes, getting your own home, all that sort of stuff are the things that are going to make you happy.
1: Really, do young people really feel like that? They're, they're, they're that perceptive? They're not just chasing after the same things that generation before them chased. No,
0: I don't think so at all. I think they've um, definitely looked at the generation before them and just gone, that's not worth it in terms right. of how you've ended up living your life. And I think that's been a good thing in terms of we're always looking at the generation ahead of us going, that's not how I want to live my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. circumstances change as well. Like it is, it's just so hard to, for a young person to be able to even buy a house and, well, if it's so hard, is that really what our life's all about? If we've got to mm. bust your guts to try and do that.
1: So what do they conclude as they reflect on, you know, these, these bigger questions, so to speak?
0: I think our society really puts a lot of emphasis on pleasure or fun. And, yeah, I think we end up um, putting a lot of emphasis on Pursuing pleasure, pleasurable things, and you, you see that yeah. with young people in terms of experiences, they want yeah. to have experience. In fact, my son just for his birthday yesterday got given a jump out of an aeroplane
1: because, <laughs> uh, yeah. With a with with parachute, I assume, or,
0: And he goes, I just want to do it once, and I'm going, yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> And we we do, we have this uh, pleasure-pain paradigm. So we look for pleasure and we try and avoid pain. The problem, I think, is when it doesn't match up, when our life Mm. isn't all fun and isn't all pleasure. And, in fact, yeah, COVID has definitely helped us have to think about, well, what is our life about? What's worth getting out of bed for when there is just your walk for the day is the only thing that you look forward to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how does that prompt us to think about things like God, though?
0: Well, I think the question is, well, what is our life all about? And uh, one of the things that Jesus says is uh, he said that there are two really important things in life, and one of them is to love God with all your heart, soul and mind, and to love others. And I think it's been an interesting thing, uh, not having sort of a heap of things to do and realizing that actually, when you look outside yourself, that actually that's when we do well, I think, as a human being. And I think that Jesus is onto something in that he's saying, actually, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind is. Uh, just looking out beyond ourselves and to then thinking and looking out for other people is just good for us. And I think people are starting to work out these sorts of things, even contemplation and being thoughtful. These are all just things that Jesus actually, he wants us to live by. And this is, it's sort of like this is the way we're made to be. And when you're trying to flourish as a human being, actually, I think looking at the way that, Um, God has made us and wired us actually really works (laughs) Mm,
1: mm.
0: and helps us in terms of thinking outside ourselves.
1: Yeah. So you're saying that there's something about we're we're almost wired for something bigger, so to speak, and so hence it makes sense if we wanted to pursue God because it actually connects with some of our deepest longings. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you bother with God?
0: Yeah, well, I um, have I guess I've grown up in this way in terms of knowing God I actually couldn't imagine anything else uh, now yeah. I think the thing that I um, keeps me going is it actually um, puts things in the right perspective I think right. so it keeps me looking outside of myself it shifts how I see others because God really loves other people too it helps me to know who I am in that It's a realistic picture of who I am because God actually knows me so I can't hide in terms of who I am Um, but actually he keeps on forgiving me and he keeps on loving me. So there's just this goodness about that. And, in fact, um, I think being married for me has been a little glimpse of that in that I'm married to someone who's incredibly accepting and loving and I flourish as a person in that environment and I think that's what it's been for me with God is I feel like I've just flourished as a person because of mm. just having a God who just loves me so much and knows me. Mm.
1: But some would say that having a relationship with God is like having an imaginary friend for <laughs> adults. Like how do, you, how do you respond to that?
0: Yeah, I... I sometimes listen to myself and go, man, like if you just had no idea about God, you would think that. Like I think that's, I think there is something on a spiritual level that some people just don't understand at at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. But for you, God's not just imaginary. Like you're actually connecting with something bigger than yourself. That's that's kind of the yeah. reality of God underneath that you're connecting to.
0: Yeah, and it's based on truth. I, I, it's a weird word to use, truth, but it's based on a, a God who revealed himself to us and we actually can know God and be in a relationship with him.
1: Mm. Well, some of these ideas are raised uh, by the Apostle Paul. Uh, in the New Testament letter of Philippians, where he writes in chapter 4, in verse 8 and 9, where he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Mm. So it's interesting that he does talk about the first thing he he's, he's this this list of virtues that he highlights here. He does actually talk about as you've just said truth. He says whatever is true. So truth is obviously important for you as you uh, in your quest for understanding who God is.
0: Well you, you don't want to believe a lie. So what's the opposite to true? And yes. uh yeah, you don't want to believe a lie. I think There's ways of sort of um, knowing what is true. And as I've said, basically, Jesus helps us know that God is a reality. But also, I think people just have experiences of God. Um, We had a young woman become a Christian recently, and she kept on saying to all of her friends, she kept on saying, coming to church and actually reading the Bible is the she had quite a lot of mental health issues and she was just saying this is the only time that I actually feel some sort of peace because it's a time where you can actually give your worries and your concerns to God now that's true for her it might not be true for others but she's actually working out from her experience that actually she can trust God and that she can actually give her things it's not all based And her whole life isn't revolved around her and trying to fix her problems. Actually, she knows someone that uh, can help her, that she can give her worries to, and actually it gives her real peace.
1: So that connects with what you were saying earlier about finding meaning outside of yourself. This is where that, in in many respects, becomes liberating because if you have challenges internally, then actually you have something external at which you can rely on and trust.
0: Yeah, yep, I agree. This
1: passage also highlights a a number of virtues. You've just mentioned truth, but whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, and admirable. So do you all connect these with the quest for understanding God?
0: There's so many things that we could do that aren't noble, (laughs) if that makes sense. And um, it's interesting getting older, you can look back on some of your life and go, wow, I could have pursued this in not a great way. And what is it that stops you from keeping on going further and further down a path that is less and less noble or debaucherous or yeah, and I and I often I thank God in terms of actually He keeps on wanting me to uh, do what is right, do what is pure and whatever is lovely and there is something lovely about a relationship with God. Um, I remember I actually read this passage out at my grandmother's funeral and I actually, I started crying because that described her in terms of she just loved God with all her heart and she was a really beautiful person um, because she was able to look outside of herself and as this passage says, and to have real peace with God, and you could see that coming
1: through. Mm. So can you find truth, whatever is noble, pure, what is lovely, without God, though?
0: Yeah, and I think I I want to keep on saying yes. Yes, you can. (laughs) Um, And this often comes out in terms of morality. But I guess the question is, in terms of morality, like how do you work out what is moral? Um, And and really it becomes hard to get a consensus to what that is because the problem is we're actually all just human beings and none of us have really lived long-term with the implications of our actions and the decisions we make. So who becomes the people who we take our morality from? Is it the loudest people, the people who have the most power, the people who make decisions? And what's their highest priority in terms of morality? Is it money? And, like, I think this whole COVID situation has been interesting in terms of working out what is our highest priority in terms of how we're making the decisions we're making. And so I think the problem for us is in terms of morality is that we can't actually extricate ourselves out of the decisions that we do end up making and perhaps enforcing on others. And... We just are selfish, I think, in some ways, in terms of how we go about living our lives, and yeah, I think we—it's then just hard to work out what the moral sort of right sense of this is. There was an interview with uh, Bono from U two, from U two, and he was just saying that actually, there is something about karma in the way that this world operates so that if you put in good, good will come back to you and if you put in bad, it it doesn't always work like that. But he said there's this underlying sort of way that we do view the world. And he said the really surprising thing about Jesus is that when he comes into the world, he breaks that pattern and basically he loves you whether you deserve it or not Mm. and whether you're doing good things or not. Uh, it's not based on that in terms of our good and our bad, and it shifts religion actually from being about a moral-based thing, actually to be being about a graciousness and a God who breaks into this morality. I guess the good and the bad, and and we just get to see Jesus in that.
1: Mm. So there is a sense in which you can pursue the noble, the right, the pure, the lovely without God, but it gets to a, it's limited. There it gets to a point at which that will kind of break because uh, we are limited and, and we're, if we're only connected to sort of humans. You need something beyond us to break that and that's what you say is yeah. comes in Jesus. Yeah. So what difference has bothering with God made for you?
0: For me, I've known a God who's reached out to me mm. and who's wanted to be in a relationship with me and I've... Embrace that, and it is a pretty lovely thing in terms of being known and loved and belonging with God.
1: Mm. And have you seen God change others that you've spoken with?
0: I run Alpha online pretty regularly, and it's just a great way of helping people work out. Well, who is this God, and yeah, where do I sit with Him? And recently. There was a guy who came along and he'd been in and out of prison for ages and he kept on having this dream about the number three and so he went to the chaplain at the prison and just said, what's the number three mean? And the chaplain goes, oh, like the Trinity is pretty important and so the chaplain described the Trinity and just in terms of what each person did in that, so who God was in terms of the creator of the world and Jesus was in terms of coming as a human and actually dying for us because we had a broken relationship with God and he allows us to have a good relationship and the spirit who keeps on working in us and changing us and growing us and he basically became a Christian and um, he Change so much that when he came out of prison, his wife just said, That's what I want as well. Like, if this has been transformational to you. And it was just amazing. Each week, it's like they just were hungry to know more. And each week, they just were changing right in front of your eyes, both of them, in terms of their love for God and their knowledge of God, I guess. And yeah, it was just wonderful to see.
1: So, Julianne. Why bother with God?
0: Uh, Well, if there is a God out there and he wants you to know him and uh, love him and he's longing for that so he's reaching out towards you, well, my question is what's stopping you? Why wouldn't you want that? And, yeah, I think it's totally worth it uh, to get to know him.
1: Hmm. Well, let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to the big question, why bother with God? From Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Thanks very much to our guest today, Julianne Laird. No worries. Thanks for having
0: me. Enjoy Bigger Questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash biggerquestions.